How would you go about getting into audio if you had to start all over again today? What are the things you have to learn after getting into the industry? What's the one piece of advice you'd give to anyone starting out in audio? Getting your foot in the door of the audio industry can seem like a bit of a mystery, can't it? Should you go to university? And just sort of by chance, I got involved with my student radio station. Um, I had a friend who was part of it, and that's where it all started. Work in community radio. I think it's some of the most useful experience you can get. Maybe start your own podcast. And I say, I'm not with, I'm not with anybody. I'm, this is my own personal show. And he goes, with equal enthusiasm, he goes, oh yeah, sure. How I Got Here is a podcast from Rise and Shine, showcasing brilliant people from across audio, radio and podcasting. We'll be hearing their stories. I learned that I can do more than just doing specialist radio. I'm able to do mainstream sounds. I'm able to do that. Tips. Mate, make an Excel spreadsheet. It's one of the best things I ever did for my contacts. And words of wisdom. If you wanted to, you could do all this yourself. But for me you can gain so much from doing it with other people. All about breaking into the audio industry. Your time will come when you have loads of projects that somehow are all being released at the same time and you get to be that person. So just don't let it freak you out too much. So let's meet this episode's guest, shall we? My name is Jay, pronouns he and him. I'm the digital content producer for a show and a company called We're in Beta. I got into audio about six years ago. I was working in a different job and I had a good friend of mine who'd begun studying audio engineering. And on the weekends and whenever I was off, we would go to his house and we'd record, we'd record music, we'd invite musicians over, we'd produce and write. And for a small, very short stint, I tried performing. A couple years later, I would end up going to the same school that my friend went to to study sound engineering. And when I was there, I really, really just fell in love with production. Sound was a big part of it because I'm a huge fan of music. I've always been a huge fan of music and it runs through my family. I didn't play an instrument, but we all have like been really huge fans of music. More than that, I was really in love with production. That group of people go into a room and collaborate to create something that at the end of the day it kind of like you play the song and it's not exactly tangible but it's a great feeling to have made something from like a concept so I studied for two years the first year I studied I was in New York and the first year I studied when I was in New York I was also a freelance studio engineer so I was going to studios whether they were like official studios or somebody's basement studio and we would make EPs and albums and I wasn't quite in the live sound yet. I wouldn't get into live sound until I was in uh, London, which I moved to for my second year of study, where I continued to do freelance, freelance studio work. I got into live performance sound engineering. Towards the end of my studies in London, I was working my dissertation and I was trying to figure out what we we're going to do. Um, everybody who I was studying with was pretty much doing music in some fashion. And I'm not a musician. I couldn't really make anything myself. So it was kind of a problem for me. But I'd been listening to podcasts for eight years at this point, And they've been a big part of my life. And I thought about it for a second that what I like in my job and my is the creativity and the opportunity to make something with sound 
And also, I really enjoyed hearing people's stories and sharing people's stories. It wasn't like I wanted to be a host. I had no intention of being a host and having a platform, but I liked sharing a story and somebody regaling something to me. I liked the way other people who made podcasts made me learn things and feel new things and gave me an opportunity to access different people's experiences. So I decided that I was going to make a podcast myself, but I hadn't really figured out the works yet. A little while later, actually not much longer after, a friend of mine, Sasha, and I went to Milan for an audio engineer's convention. I think it was called the AES convention. And we were there and we were in Milan. We were seeing all these talks and speeches about equipment and like new technology and recording. Frankly, that really wasn't where my interest was. But then we saw another talk and it was this guy. He was older, very, very chill. And he had a room full of people there to listen to him talk about his favorite songs. He was the producer on songs with Luther Vandross and Paul McCartney and Kate Bush. And when he says, I want to talk about my favorite songs, people were really interested. And he just plays these songs that never really made charts or anything. They didn't really do well, but he had a really good time recording and making them. And this, this part did speak to me because it was the process of, of creating something and the enjoyment of creating stuff and sound. And I was like, this is exactly it. I like, I like this guy. So after this talk, I go to Sasha, I go to Sasha and I kind of, kind of vent to him. I say, oh man, it'd be great if I could talk to this guy. If this guy was my first interviewee and Sasha reads social situations differently than me. So he just responds very matter of factly. It says, we'll ask him if he wants to be in your show. I say, Sasha, I don't have a show. And also, um, that's ridiculous. I don't. I didn't really have that many more excuses. Go. I go over there and I kind of wait in the queue for him to finish talking to other people. And he gets to me and I say, "Thank you. Uh, that was really good talk." Then we stop. And I think at that point I was like, "Nah, I can still turn away from this." But he kind of just looks at me very intently, waiting for me to say the next thing. So I um I say, "Would you be available for an interview?" And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Who who are you with? And I say, I'm not with, I'm not with anybody. I'm, this is my own personal show. And he goes, with equal enthusiasm, he goes, oh, yeah, sure. And he goes, do you have anything to write my number and address down with? So I pull a napkin out, and he writes his number, his address, his email, and says, I'll be back in London in about two weeks. We can interview then. Just, you know, contact me then. So I go back to Sasha, and we are in Milan for a few more days. So when we get back to London, I am now scrambling to make a show because I have contacted him, I've, and we arranged for a day, and I don't quite have a show yet. So I get to preparing this show where I start thinking of of like a premise for, for this interview. I hear something, and I do the whole lips and thing. I get the infrastructure for a podcast ready. I'm pretty confident on recording. And then I just spend days kind of working, like figuring out what I'm going to ask him, a person who I've spoken to for a minute, maybe. I listen to every interview he's ever done. I read every, any long posts he's made to like understand something about his past and his history and try to figure out some good questions to ask. When he was playing the songs that he really enjoyed, every time he would stop the song and he would just like tell a story about recording it. 
so it's the day of the interview and you know, I go up to Welbling Garden City and it's a bit of it's actually a bit of a trek and I get there and we meet him in, in his home studio and I sit across from him and we have this interview and I mean I'm a novice, as novice as it gets. But I'd say the interview was pretty good. I mean, I don't know, I had I had questions and there were good stories that came from it and I did do the whole origin story thing. But nonetheless, I'd say it was a pretty good interview. And I went home the whole time. I just was like, why did this person accept interviewing with me? I have nothing to give them. There's no platform. Like, he doesn't know who I am. He's literally met me for one minute, invited me to his house. Why? I did that interview. And then I did a few more for a series, for a series that I made around audio engineers. And then then my partner said she's part of this forum and somebody was looking for an audio producer to consult with about making a podcast and i go for it i say sure i'll I'll talk to her and we speak and about a week later she becomes my first client i guess this is like the point where you become professional (laughs) but like somebody paid me to do it and for some reason they paid me to do it then i did a documentary where i got to speak to a bunch of other producers it was a documentary about is digital audio an opportunity to create equality and who can publish is a level of playing field for who gets to be the people telling the stories in the course of doing this documentary i got to speak to a lot of great producers and then my studies were over and i'm in london and i do need a visa to stay so i go applying for jobs of course i apply to like the big companies and I get turned away a lot because I was looking for a full-time job. And then I applied to this startup and they said, yeah, we wanted to do a podcast and we'd hire you full-time to do it. And they did. And they they wanted me to take control of the production. We made a narrative show. And this is the third, fourth time. I don't know why people are accepting me as the person they're going to hire, but you know, they do. And ever since then, I've grown with that startup and continued publishing and we've taken on clients as a company and I've produced for them as well. It's been great and I want to grow more and continue to make more interesting and better stuff and challenge myself. But that's how I got into the audio industry. Why audio? I came to audio originally through my experience as a sound engineer and I wanted to share stories and I already knew something about audio. So that's pretty much why audio. I mean, I guess if I'd picked up a camera first, I'd have been in film. It's just what I knew how to do when I got to the point where I wanted to tell stories. How would you go about getting into audio if you had to start all over again today? Well, in retrospect, I feel like the way I came into audio really good. I like the way I came into audio, bar one thing. Because I never worked with anyone or for anyone except for clients, production has felt like a very solitary work for me. So if I were to go back, I'd make more of an effort to connect with other producers early on and just stay connected. Because when I was doing music, one of the parts that I enjoyed the most was the collaboration. And I think in order to keep going and stay motivated and stay creative, when it, like having other producers and other creative people around you is really important. So if I were to go back, I would connect with people more. 
Tell us a secret about breaking into the audio industry. The secret about breaking into the audio industry, in my experience, is to say yes to things and figure out a way to do it. I still wonder why my first client hired me. I still wonder why anybody agreed to do interviews with me at first, but they did. And through those experiences, I learned. And even if nobody listened to it, I gained experience, which I think prepared me for other opportunities as they came along. So in short, I'd say don't wait for somebody to give you permission to create. What's the best mistake you've ever made? The best mistake I've ever made, I, I, I guess, was booking a guest for a show that I didn't have yet. What are the things you have to learn after getting into the industry? When you get into the audio industry, you've got to learn to find great collaborators. Just be with, be with people who make you better and you learn from and you challenge each other. Tell us about the person in the audio industry who helped you most when building your career. I had a friend who I studied with and she's a few years older than me and she was doing a career change. She was a waiter before. We studied together. She was doing a 180 career change. And after we graduated, maybe a year and a half later, she was in Iceland recording an orchestra in a lighthouse. And when I, when I heard this, I'm just like, how, but how do you, how do you get from being a full-time waiter? Like that, that's, that's where your bills are being paid. So it's not like she had the free time to just do this to being in another country recording some experimental album. She told me basically, you have to ask her what you want. You have to say yes to the opportunities that you think you can learn from, even if they make you uncomfortable. I know that sounds very simple and it sounded simple when she said it to me as well. But it was just a, sort of a matter of triage or something like deciding what you're going to do and just being very intentional about the things that you take on, but also being open and curious to take on interesting things that you think you could possibly learn something from. And I think saying yes to stuff has been a big benefit for me. And she doesn't work in audio production. She doesn't work in podcasting, but she is a sound engineer, a touring sound engineer. What's the one piece of advice that you would give to anyone starting out in audio? The one piece of advice I'd give to anyone starting out in audio is to make stuff. That's it. Make stuff. Show people. Say yes to stuff. Say yes to opportunities. Hold up. 